Hello everyone, I am Jonathan Little. We're here today with episode 264 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you for making it 264 episodes in. If you have not watched or listened to all these episodes, go back and do that. Um, they are available on all the podcast apps in the audio form. And if you want the video form, you can go to jonathanlittlepoker.com WPH or see a whole lot more free content over at jonathanlittlepoker.com YouTube. So... Go check that out. I do lots of work for you, and I hope you enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, let me know and tell your friends. All right, here we are again reviewing a PokerCoaching.com member's hands from the Sunday Million. And now we're playing 24,000 deep with 100, 200 blinds. So still very, very deep stacked. Everyone folds around to a relatively standard-looking player in the low jack seat who raises to 500. And then Hero picks up pocket queens in the hijack seat and re-raises to 1,200. When we are playing very deep stacked, I would much prefer a bigger raise to 1,500 in this scenario. By making it 1,200, you're just giving your opponent great odds to call with anything. And whenever we're re-raising here, presumably we're going to have an advantage. Either we're re-raising with just a strong linear range that's going to be in great shape, or a polarized range that contains all the nut hands. I'm almost always re-raising with a nut, uh, uh, polarized range where I have the absolute best hands plus some junky hands that are not quite good enough to call that do flop decently well or have a big blocker like King Jack Offsuit, for example, or something like 10-8 Suited. Those are all hands that you can conceivably re-raise in this scenario if you feel like getting out of line a little bit. And if I am re-raising with that range, I don't want to make it small because I'm not really pricing my opponent out at all. And to be fair, you're not going to price your opponent out from set mining against you, but you can get them to put in more money in a spot where they're just going to be check bolting on a lot of flops. So you'd rather put in the extra 300 chips. Some people make smaller re-raises whenever they are really concerned with getting called. Like they, re they really want to get called, so they don't want to make it too big. But if you make it 1,200 with all of your nut hands and then 1,500 with all of your garbage hands, well, clearly that's a really big mistake, right? Because if your opponents are paying attention at all, they will very quickly figure that out. Now, when you're playing online, sometimes people won't figure that out quite as fast, especially if you're playing small and medium stakes. But in live poker, it's if people are only focusing on one table, and it's just obvious when someone's using different sizings. And if they're using different sizings, all you have to do then is figure out if they're doing it very straightforwardly or the reverse of straightforwardly. So anyway, here raises the 1,200. I would have made it 15 here. The opponent calls. No one's going to fold here for 700 more because they shouldn't fold for 700 more unless they're opening just total garbage. But they really shouldn't be opening total garbage from the low jack seat, right? So flop comes 9-8-5, two clubs. Hero has no clubs, just the pocket queens, no clubs. And the opponent checks. So this is a particularly terrible board for Hero. You always want to ask, who has more nut hands in this scenario? And right here... It's probably not Hero, right? Because Hero probably doesn't even 3-bet 9s, 8s, and 5s. Which means that the opponent has 9s, 8s, and 5s because he'd raise and then call that because he's getting great odds. And then he'd also have 9-8 suited and perhaps 7-6 suited getting such good odds. So here the opponent has all the nut hands in his range and Hero has essentially none. So that's a good reason to check. Also, neither player has much of a range advantage here. Meaning... This is a scenario where if Hero has the best hand, it's like barely the best hand. And that's because, again, the opponent's going to have lots of really good hands available, plus a lot of stuff like 10-9 and 10-8 suited, and maybe stuff like Jack-10 that has plenty of equity. Also, some overpairs, right? Maybe stuff like Ace-9 suited. I understand Hero has queens, and you can get called by all these hands, but what I'm saying is that if you ran Hero's range against the opponent's range, it's 
somewhere near 50-50. Hero's going to be just slightly ahead. So this is a scenario where Hero does not have the range advantage, at least not a big one, and he doesn't have the nut advantage. So in this spot, Hero wants to do a lot of checking. Hero wants to be betting his best made hands and some draws that lack showdown value, like queen, ten of clubs if he has it. That would be a pretty good hand to bet because it can't win if it checks down, and if you bet and get raised, that's no problem, right? And you also want to be betting sets if you have them, although, again, you probably don't have eights and fives, and you may not even have nines. So really, this is a board you don't want to be betting a whole lot on because think about it, right? If you bet with your queens, which is a really, really good hand, and you get raise, are you happy about that? It's like, no, you're not happy about that. You're actually unhappy. So this is a spot where I think he needs to check behind and then call a turn bet and call a river bet. By doing that, that's also going to make his checking range much stronger because imagine if he only bets over pairs and better, well, and then some draws, what does that do to his hero's checking range? It makes it ace-king and worse. Ace-king and worse is not going to defend well whenever you check behind, which means all the opponent has to do is bet and he wins. You never want to find yourself in a spot where all your opponent has to do is bet and they just win every time. And I think that's what a lot of recreational players end up doing, is they just play really straightforwardly in these spots. A much better strategy is to check everything, or very close to everything, and including hands like queens. I do understand that you are going to get outdrawn sometimes, but that is okay. In exchange for getting outdrawn sometimes, you're not going to be incredibly easily exploitable. This time, though, Hero about a third pot. If Hero is going to bet, remember how I mentioned... Um, in the last episode of Weekly Poker Hand, that when you are betting in this scenario, you don't want to be betting very often. So as you're betting less often, you want to be betting bigger. And you also want to ask, how does this flop connect with the opponent's range? Well, pretty well, right? So given it connected pretty well with the opponent's range, you also want to bet bigger. So this is a particularly bad bet size. Here, Hero should not have bet. And if he did bet, he picked the wrong size. Because if you are betting here, you don't care if your opponent folds out like King-10. Or if he folds out ace-eight, if he has that, right? It's like not a problem. So here should definitely get betting bigger. Also, if you bet bigger and you get raised, well, now you know your opponent probably just has a really, really strong polarized range. Here, Hero bets small, 1,100 into the 2,900 pot, and his opponent check raised to 3,700. Yuck. So now, what does Hero's range look like? Is it legitimately pocket nines and better? And some draws. Well, if so, this hand's really, really good, right? It's very, very near the top of that range, so you certainly can't fold it. This is a spot where maybe Hero's just incorrectly betting everything. I'm not really sure, right? As your range gets stronger and stronger to bet the flop, like say Hero's literally betting something like queens, jacks, tens, pocket nines first set, and that's it. If that's the case, you know, queens are one of the value hands, but it's actually, I mean, it's kind of near the top of the value range. Um, you may ask, why not bet aces and kings? Because those hands don't need as much protection as a hand like tens, right? Tens has to worry about any overcard coming, whereas aces doesn't have to worry about an overcard coming. So it makes a better check quite often. Um, what it amounts to is if you're betting this hand, you can't fold it. But like I said, you really just don't want to be betting this hand. Because if it does go check-check on the flop, you can just always call almost all turns and rivers, and you're pretty happy about that. Here I did decide to call, though, and I don't fault that at all. Turn is the jack of clubs. So now board is 985, jack, three clubs, and Hero has no clubs. And his opponent bets half pot. Well, certainly not what Hero wants, right? I think here, Hero has an easy old. Whenever the opponent is check-raising this flop, assuming he's playing a polarized strategy, which he probably is because he check-raised kind of big, um, his range is going to be sets, straights, and draws. Maybe two pair if he has them. So if his range is legitimately two pair and better plus draws, well, we still lose to two pair and better, right? With pocket queens. 
And now, a lot of the draws just came in with this jack. The only draw that didn't come in is jack-10, which probably shouldn't even bet the turn, because now jack-10 is a pretty decent marginal made hand. So, in this scenario, Hero just has an easy fold, because he loses to all the flush draws. He loses to 10-7 if the opponent had it. Um, and that's it. There's not a, whole lot the not a whole lot the Hero beats. So, you must have discipline to make a fold with the overpairs in these scenarios. And this time, Hero did it, so that's good. Um, I will say that this particular hero was a little bit too tight. We'll see that over the next few weeks where we continue going through a few more hands from the Sunday Million that I thought were particularly educational. But this is a spot where a lot of people do end up calling, and this is just a terrible turn. I mean, if the turn was a jack of diamonds or spades or hearts, I mean, we're probably supposed to, well, we are supposed to keep calling then because now we have a gut shot and we still have the overpair, plus all the flush draws missed. But on a club turn, especially a jack... 10, 7, or 6, we need to just fold because those cards line up so, so well with the opponent's bluffs and the opponent's made hands still beat us. So that's going to be it for today for Weekly Poker Hand. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, let me know on Twitter, at Jonathan Little. Also, if you're not following me on Instagram, I've been posting lots of fun stuff there, including fun times with my kids, giving poker advice, um, lots and lots of fun stuff. You can follow me there at jcardshark, J-C-A-R-D-S-H-A-R-K. And that's going to be it for today. Good luck in your games. Have fun. Be nice to someone. And I'll talk to you next time.